From BGS and Osiris Podcasts, you're listening to The Shift List, where chefs talk about the music that fills their kitchens, restaurants, and recipes. I'm Chris Jacobs. So last week, I premiered our first episode from Season 2 of The Shift List, featuring Maui's Sheldon Simeon. You probably know him best from the two seasons of Top Chef that he was on, where he won fan favorite both times, and he's since gone on to open Lineage, his first full-concept restaurant on Maui, featuring chill island music from some of his favorite Hawaiian artists past and present. If you haven't checked it out yet, go back to last week's episode and have a listen. So I'm hard at work on editing the rest of season two with more new episodes to come starting next week. We're really excited for what's in store for the next few months. I've been super honored to speak with chefs from Montreal, including the husband and wife team at Arthur's, my favorite Jewish deli and brunch spot anywhere in the Northeast Corridor, Austin, Texas's king of Izakaya, Tatsu Aikawa, and a special episode all about the best music for a tiki bar from the James Beard award-winning author Martin Kate, proprietor of Smuggler's Cove in San Francisco, among other award-winning tiki bars around the country. But this week, I want to revisit one of my favorite conversations from season one of The Shift List, Mr. Itamar Srulovich from Honey & Co. over in London. The Israeli-born chef co-founded Honey & Co. with his wife, Sarit Packer, a cozy spot located in London's once sleepy Fitzrovia neighborhood that serves homey Middle Eastern fare directly across the street from their amazing food shop, market, and culinary boutique, Honey & Spice. Following in the footsteps of their UK colleague and cookbook author Yotam Motolenghi, of whom they both worked for prior to starting Honey & Co., Itamar and Sarit have released a handful of Honey & Co. cookbooks over in the UK, and they just finished a whirlwind tour of the US to promote the release of their Honey & Co. at Home cookbook just last month. They visited cities and chefs all over the country to help promote the book, which presents their simple and delicious Middle Eastern dishes that are easy to make at home, and they stopped through my hometown of Los Angeles to do a takeover of Squirrel, Jessica Coslow's venerable breakfast and lunch spot, which kind of feels like a version of Honey & Co. here in California. Now, Edomar excitedly joined me to talk about the role that music plays at Honey & Co. last August, and we ended up recording this episode on two stools in a pseudo-storage room in the working cellar underneath their Honey & Spice shop. The vibe was so laid back and casual, I found myself forgetting to lift my microphone before I spoke throughout much of our conversation. You'll hear what I mean if you keep on listening. So while I'm busy putting together the finishing touches on edits of our upcoming episodes for season two, please enjoy an encore of my conversation with Itamar Srulovich of Honey & Co. I'm uh, Itamar Srulovich. I'm a chef and owner, I guess, yeah. And manager, I guess, a lot of things. And, And occasional waiter and, and kitchen porter in Honey & Co. restaurant together with my wife in London. Uh, we also have a deli across the road, Honey & Spice, and a grill restaurant down the road, Honey & Smoke. And we serve very traditional, very homey Middle Eastern food. We're both from Israel and this is kind of the food that, that we grew up on and the food that we love. We, we're both uh, professional chefs, so it wasn't the food that we were cooking professionally throughout our career, but it definitely is what we would cook at home. And when we opened Honey & Co, we said, all right, we'll give this a spin. We'll see how it catches. And it it did, you know, I think it was, you know, a good timing and a lot of luck. And it did, it it caught on very well. And then we, four years later, we've opened Honey & Spice, which is our little deli across the road. It's mostly a takeaway counter, but there's we sell all you know the lovely produce that we get for the restaurant. So all the pulses, all the grains, the coffee, tahini, all the fruit syrups, the vegetables, and and everything else that we like. Like 
you know, cookbooks that we like and, and good spice and lots of different things. It really, it's a great shop. It's, it's, I think it's the nicest place in the world. I love it. It's like you can spend hours just like rummaging through everything. And we've opened in the same year, which was an, an unhappy accident. But this is how these things work. We opened uh, Honey and Smoke as well, which is a little bit down the road. And it's a big restaurant, you know, because we just wanted somewhere big. <laughs> we want to have a proper kitchen and, you know, room for everyone. I think music is so much, yeah, setting the tone, but bringing up the tempo, especially in kitchens. And, and I always, I'm always looking for kind of upbeat music like really strong rhythm good bass line something that you know that makes you knee jerk that makes you bounce because you need to move and something that wakes you up because you're you know you need to be alert and you need to be quick and it's you know especially when we opened the restaurant it was so hot because we were working so much i'll get like in the morning i'll wake up i was so knackered we start every day we had this thing that we said we need to be the first ones in the street to open seven o'clock because the, the other guys would open 7.30. And it was such bullshit, because from 7 until 8, we would do nothing, nothing. But still, we were like, all right, we want to be waking up so early, we want to be the first ones open, and then that means we need to be there at least an hour before to do all the baking and prep all the breakfast. And then we would we would only do lunches. The, we, like We would serve lunch until like 6 o'clock. We would serve like full meals, and then we need to like stop for the next day and then you know do the cash up clean up everything like it was just the two of us and rachel you're gonna meet rachel soon i hope and th this is the song that I'd, I'd put to wake up like every morning on the way to the tube what is that it's felakuti which song uh it's called water no good enemy i don't know what that means but you just wake up in the morning with those trumpets and that rhythm, you just bounce all the way through the tube. And it's 12 minutes as well, which is exactly my journey. So you're on the tube listening to this. Yeah. Like you're not even tube. in the strap Yeah, yet. no, no, no. But it starts on the tube because you're like, okay, I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to check this. I need to check that. You, you need to like, and also you need to hype yourself up. This is like even before the first coffee. But actually this song is like 12 coffees. Listen to it. Ta -na 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 -na. Like you can't sit still. You can't sit still. And then by the time you get to work, the song ends. I put my earbuds on, like take my earbuds off, and then you're ready for work. And then it's you're set for the day. And this was like every morning for maybe the first two years, just this song, like obsessive. I'll play. I'll play another one. Actually, this yeah, is like one of the the two big songs of Honey. Actually, three big songs of Honey and Co. When we just opened. Check this out. It's kind of a Greek-Israeli mix. It's excellent. Wait for it. Oh no, she goes first. Wait 
Yeah, it's, it's everything. It's like Greek, Moroccan, Latin. It's everything. Where is this from? She's Israeli and he's Greek. Do you know the names of the artists? Sorry? The names of the artists. Said Haddad and the guy is, I'm sure I'm not pronouncing it correctly, Sutis Volanis. Amazing, eh? And this is a huge song of like the early days of Honey and Co. So my, my wife and I were both, we're both from Israel originally. My, my wife is kind of of British heritage and, and we met in Israel. We, we're both chefs, we met in a kitchen, we met in a kitchen of an Italian restaurant near Tel Aviv. And we, we wanted to travel, so we said, all right, we're just going to come to London because my wife is British and we're just going to, and she lived here before as well. And we're just going to work for a couple of months and then we're going to move to France and move to Spain and move to Italy and cook there and just move around for years and years and cook wherever we want. But this this never happened. <laughs> we came to London and we sort of got stuck in London and actually we fell in love. First of all, it takes so long to just get to know the city and just get settled in the city to understand how it works, the people, the, the, the vibe, everything. And then by the time that you do, you're, you're in love. We didn't want to move around anymore. We still want to travel, but it's actually a very easy city to, to travel from. And how long ago was Honey and Co? So we moved here in 2005. Um, we worked in loads of different kitchens. We opened Honey and Co in 2012. And we, I've always had this dream, actually, I, I've, since my, you know, since I was 20, I started working in kitchens, I, w I wanted to open the grill house, the kebab shop. That was kind of my thing. And we, we've done, you know, we've done the circuit, we've done the restaurants, we, we worked the kitchens, we rose up, you know, we were both managing kitchens. So it was managing, you know, pastry sections and kitchens and multiple kitchens as well. And the kind of obvious next step was either, you know, either, you know, move to a bigger restaurant or run a bigger restaurant or, you know, bigger restaurant group or whatever, or to open a place of our own, which is which is what we wanted because we we didn't want to have bosses. Actually, we're quite bossy people and we don't like to be told what to do, which creates a whole host of problems with each other. But uh, that's maybe a different podcast. <laughs> Uh, and we thought, we thought, okay, we're going to give it a spin, which was not, which was super hard because we we were completely unknown. We had no money, absolutely no money, just like our savings, and you know, a chef savings, it's like that's nothing. And um, London's a hard town, you know, it's it's a it's a big town, it's a busy town, it's a very affluent town, it's expensive to set up shop here. And you, you need to be known, you know. People will not will not even see you if if, if you're not known. So we were, we were looking for a premises for a long time. We were looking for two years. I, I was looking, yeah, for two years. And you know, we we've seen some really crappy, shitty dives that we couldn't even afford. You know, it was just like so soul destroying. It was terrible. Yeah. And that's, you know, I'm not, not even talking about fit out or, or anything, you know, he just said, you, you can't. No, no one would, yeah, no one would finance us, nothing. And we were looking in South London where we live, we couldn't find anything. And then we were just kind of, just one Sunday we were walking around here, around this neighborhood in Fitzrovia. 
and we we saw we didn't know the area at all. It's not it's not an area that Londoners get to unless they need to go to the hospital or, or there's a big hospital here. So we we just walked around the neighborhood one Sunday and we saw a lot of empty shops, which should deter you from going into an area. There, there were a lot of empty shops, and we said, well, you know, we'll spin the wheel. We'll see if, if we manage to find anything. And then this place came up. It was within budget. It had a functioning kitchen. It had a big window. And we said, okay, we're, we, we can't do the grill house here. We can't do the kebab shop, but let's try something else. And that's that's pretty much how it is. We, we, we took the shop. We turned it around in six weeks. It was all kind of fluorescent orange walls and lime green banquettes. And it had a massive kind of bain-marie and the the aircon, every time you turn it on, you get like waft of lasagna and <laughs> like really old shitty lasagna. It was kind of, uh, I don't know if you have them in the States, like a jacket potato type place that you go and they put like tuna salad in your potato. We call them baked potatoes, but yeah, yes, jacket yeah. potatoes are better. And then they would do like lasagna and soups and would send trays. To, I think so. That this is just like from what I smell from the aircon and the equipment we found there, because the the place was out of it was shut. It was not functioning. It was shut for a year before we took it on. Which again, you know, who in their right mind? What's in the what's in service then? Like when, when people are this kind of stuff. Kind of a little bit oriental, a lot of Afrobeats, a lot like up tempo. Did you choose that because it felt like it, it matched the vibe of the, the restaurant, or like what? Well, it matches us and our mood, and I suppose that's the restaurant. Like that's kind of in your narhas a little bit. What might be some other stuff? Okay, this in I don't know why, like how we caught on to this song, but it's so good. Yeah, baby. Just starts so good. Yeah. Well, it has, you know, it has the good bass line, it has the good rhythm. It's kind of, yeah, so good. Yeah, it's the best Fleetwood Mac song. Actually, yeah, no, it's the best. It's the absolute best. You can't, like, not sing. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, this is a huge Honey and Co song. Very, very big. But the biggest, the biggest Honey and Co song, this, okay, stop now. This is the biggest Honey and Co song. And this is the song that we play in Honey and Co every day at 12 o'clock exactly. This is, we don't start a service without it. Like whoever works, they play like 12 o'clock, they play it prime yourself up and they we sprinkle sugar on the floor I don't know why that's Alice Russell who's amazing by the way Alice Russell this is called got the hunger and this is actually if you see the honey and coke cookbooks like the the cookbook and the baking book, they have the first line is got the hunger because this is how we start. I got hunger. I got hunger. Something's always telling me. That's that's a huge honey for song. Can you tell me about the tradition of 
the sugar on the floor. I think it's like a kitchen thing that you do, like when you have like bad juju, you just like put sugar on the floor. I don't remember. It's I picked it up for sure. It's for me, but I picked it up somewhere, like in a kitchen. I, mean, I can't think where, but you just do like, oh yeah, you're gonna have a shit day. Like we would always do it with like little, you know, the little sugar sachets that you get, and you just like be like, oh yeah, we just kind of sprinkle some on the floor, like like sprinkle some on your feet, on your feet. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it works. Like, you, you know, always like before stressful meetings and that, we'll be like, oh, yeah. And then or something goes wrong, or we'll say, oh, yeah, we didn't sugar up. <laughs> we forgot. Yep, that's it. Yeah, that's, that's why. That's why. What would you say is the most, <clears throat> or is your favorite um, kind of like more contemporary, or not contemporary, uh, like Arab music? Or like artists that like people who might not be interested, who might not be familiar with that music, should know about. I think a play. lot of people would know Rashid Taha. It's very famous. You would know, like you would know the song. You would know this song. You know, it's like it's on every kind of every American TV show when they do kind of the Arab bit. This is the song that they play. <laughs> It's like Afghanistan 2015, this is the song. <laughs> it's an amazing song. It's Yaraya, it's the Traveler's song. You know it? I mean, I recognize the tone. You know the tune for sure. Like, I can think of like three... Like, yeah, I think it, it was in that Tina Fey movie. And it was in The Good Wife. It does, like, everything. I think this guy is, like, so minted from, like, you know, all the conflicts in the Middle East and all the movies that are done about it. He's, he's the guy cashing in on it. But he's amazing. His music's amazing. But I think he strikes that tone between, like, because this is, sounds like traditional, you know, you have the, the big violins and, you know, the rhythms. This is, but it sounds very contemporary. It's very fresh. Yeah, and it's not. Yeah, I love I love his music. So, what is some stuff that you uh, grew up with? Give me give me two or three artists that were important to you growing up. You know, it's always there's always been like you know like your teens. I was listening to like American indie. Yeah, what bands? Pixies, which are coming to London in October. I bought tickets. What's your favorite Pixies song? Mmm, this one I'll play. This is, I think, the best Pixies song. It's kind of a B-side, I think. It's such a good song. No, it's not the best Pixies song, actually. I lie. I'll, sh I'll play you the best one. What was that one called? The Cactus. Cactus. This is the best Pixie song. Actually, they have a lot of good songs. You have to you have to read the lyrics for this, like the translation. Planet of Sound. Um, Evil Hearted You, it's called. Evil-hearted you, you always try to lower me with the things that you do and the words you spread against me. Classic. Ah. Is this in Spanish? Yeah. 
evil-hearted you, you will keep deceiving me with your false smile and your mermaid song. Smiling, deceiving, you flirt with me till there's no hope. Says it all. So any, any, so pixies, any, what other? Yeah, what, what else was listened to? Like as a kid, Lou Reed, I love Lou Reed. Love Lou Reed. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry? Yeah. So rough. Yeah. Yeah, I was very into that. So why do you think Honey & Co. has resonated so deeply here in London? Because um, I think you guys have taken a fresh approach to, to the, the food, you know, in, in a way. I think, the f I mean, the food is good. It's good, you know, it's super fresh, super, super fresh. The ingredients are really, really special, really good. And there's no shortcuts. You know, it's food like it would be made at home, but by someone who cares about what they do. This is the difference. We really care, and our chefs really care. They're amazing. And I think we're so, so lucky to have, like, you know, all everything, all this music at our fingertips, always. You know, we can be steeped in music always, like all day long, and it's it's amazing. It's nice to have a restaurant to yeah. share it. It is, yeah, yeah. Like my most of my most of our guests are not crazy about our music, but yeah, it's it's for us. It's like even you know when you I work on the floor a lot, like serving tables, and you need you need a boost. You need like something to keep you in the zone. Yeah. Thanks to Chef Itamar Sulevich from Honey & Co. Head over to honeyandco.co.uk for reservations to either restaurant, an online honey and spice store where you can purchase everything from Sarit's homemade lavash, their favorite tahini, sauces, olive oils, and cookware. And while you're there, check out their three beautiful cookbooks. I hear there's a U.S. version of their most recent Honey & Co. at home cookbook coming out soon. You can also head over to thebluegrasssituation.com for a link to Itamar's shift list, including all the music you heard on this episode and more. If you like this episode, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all of the places that you get podcasts. The Shift List is produced by me, Chris Jacobs, based on an article by the same name created by Nevin Martell, originally published over at BGS.com. Our executive producer is Amy Reitnauer, with help, as always, from the entire BGS team, including associate editor Justin Hiltner, managing editor Craig Shelburne, marketing guru Joseph Klingel, and all the amazing writers and contributors that make BGS the best source for roots culture redefined. Theme music by Jamie Drake. Check her out at jamiedrakemusic.com. The Shift List is a part of the BGS Podcast Network. Be sure to check out BGS's ever-growing collection of podcasts up right now at thebluegrasssituation.com. I'm Chris Jacobs. Thanks for listening. <laughs>